Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is U.S. Senate candidate Katie Britt. Also, the V-Team takes a look at the governor's new plan on prisons. And Mo Brooks has served a subpoena. Now he's using it to get money. You gotta admit, I totally had you suckered tonight. Hook, line, and sphincter. <laughs> Attention, scam alert. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter for APR. Welcome. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Hi. So we last week we were in New Orleans for the wedding of Beth Clayton and Kyle Pierce, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Lovely beautiful. bride and handsome, handsome. Uh, groom. We're happy to see him yeah. married. Must have been nice. Uh, Must have been nice. It was nice. You, you should have come, Josh. I, I've seen the pictures. Ah, nice <laughs> pictures. Speaking of pictures, uh, for months, Democrat uh, Representative Eric Swalwell from California has been trying to serve a subpoena on Mo Brooks. Uh, Mo Brooks, he accuses of inciting a riot or causing physical harm or mental harm to folks in Congress, himself included. And it's a civil suit. And uh, Mo Brooks just didn't want to take the subpoena, from what we understand. But last week, Josh, they, the, the subpoena was served. It was super, su served to his wife, Martha. And Mo Brooks made such a big deal out of it that he sent out a fundraising letter saying those lunatic Democrats or dangerous Democrats or whatever. Sounds like lunacy. Well, it is lunacy. It's it's Mo, and so that's what you come to expect. Is kind of is it really kind of defines his career, uh, his political career, which is built on these uh, these great pandering and this oh my god, you know things of him. He's such a drama queen uh, with the whole thing, and it just uh, I mean, uh, you know what happened was uh, Swalwell sued four people, three of those four people, including the former president, waived service of the subpoena, and just started you know like an adult. And, and, and acknowledged that there was a, a lawsuit against them and answered the questions that were present in the lawsuit, uh, Mo Brooks decided to turn this into a whole fiasco and kept ducking the laws, uh, kept ducking the subpoena and ducking the service. And, uh, you know, they tried to arrange it with him at, at a place of his choosing where it would be convenient for him. Uh, you know, they, they could never get, uh, never do it. And so he challenged them to serve him like they should. And so this is how it works. Uh, you know, when you, th they were within the law, uh, you can absolutely follow somebody according to federal law. You can follow them onto their property to serve legal documents in the way that they did. He did not enter the dwelling itself. He entered the garage where uh, Mo Brooks' wife was there. He did not accost her in any way. He simply handed her the paperwork while filming it, by the way, and said, you have been served. Mo Brooks has been served. Took a picture of the whole thing. Got back in his car and left. Uh, that's that's what happened. So. And I I'm not challenging whether Ms. Brooks felt threatened or not, but she was out there. We have a picture of her All right, exactly. talking to the man. Yeah, we have a picture yeah. where she actually followed him to his car and was <laughs> talking to him, whether she was screaming or not, I don't know, because it's a picture. But apparently right. she did. If I had felt threatened, 
I would have run in the house, right? Yeah, I wouldn't I, have followed I, the guy back like to his car. like he felt threatened, you know? <laughs> it it looked like the process server felt threatened. Yeah, probably. Well, it, it, yeah. it was a stunt, and he'll probably raise a lot of money off the stunt. But I tell you, one thing that really is uh, amazing is how many people were hearing about Mo Brooks on the campaign trail that say he's just arrogant and being mean and nasty. Now, he was in Fayette County, uh, speaking to Republicans there, uh, I think it was last week, and a woman asked him, would he uh, serve, how would he be like Richard Shelby? And mm -hmm. uh, she said, will you make sure that federal dollars come to Alabama, et cetera, as Richard Shelby has? He said no, that he was not interested in being that kind of senator, that if they wanted a senator like Richard Shelby, they should not vote for him. So I, I would think that would knock out a few people. I would think so, because you got to think about the Madison County area with with all that's going on up in there. You've got, you know, the Port of Mobile. Richard Shelby has brought a lot of money back for all of that. And from my understanding is that Mo Brooks is more interested in protecting the federal government than taking care of the people of Alabama and what we need here. Now, as far as I know, in my civics lessons that I had in school, his job is to represent us. That's what senators and rep representatives do. Josh, he told the people, uh, I think it was in Fort Rucker or, uh, or some, one of the uh, bases. Fort Rucker, I think. Uh, that he didn't care if the base closed or not. Was that going to sell in Huntsville? Or no, Montgomery? I, well... I, you know, I, hell, I don't know what sells with Republicans anymore. I honestly don't, man. I, I mean, I, I can't I can't fathom. The, 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 listen to this scenario here, okay? If Richard Shelby were to run in this primary himself, if he decided he wasn't going to retire, he would beat Mo Brooks and, and, and Blanchard uh, and anybody else who gets in this thing. He'd beat him by 40 points easy, right? Do we all agree on that? Yes. I, I think we can. Uh, so how is it possible then that saying you're unlike Richard Shelby would be a bonus for anybody. I don't understand. What is the, what is the mindset among the Republicans? Well, I think they, they, they see uh, uh, somehow Brooks, who has been in government employee for 40 years, or been in the House for 10 years, is some kind of outside the swamp. Well, the only reason he's outside the swamp is being he hasn't unlike is not an outsider. No, he's, not an outsider. he's not an outsider. He's an insider who yeah. has done absolutely nothing. And when he's senator, yeah. he will do absolutely nothing for Alabama. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have to move on. I was shocked that Jeffsco GOP, I think it's the Mid-Alabama Mid Republican Club, had an event in which they, they, they had Michael Flynn, the disgraced former general, uh, speak. A guy who Josh advocated for a Miramar-style coup in the United yeah. States. And he was there to honor... Two, two good good Alabamians. I, I don't get the Republican Party anymore. I, I don't either, man. I, I you know, and I, I talked to uh, to Doug Jones, and obviously Doug Jones is a Democrat, but I mean, I think he raised some pretty good points about this. About you know, what what can we not can we not agree that that this is bad that to 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 advocate for a military coup, especially a, a former general, you know, mm -hmm. and with yeah. a standing of Michael Flynn that he once had. I mean, to advocate for a military coup. Surely should disqualify you as somebody who you invite to your fundraiser. I mean, that's got to be a line that we can agree on, right? Well, you would think so. Susan, Jim Carnes is being honored, and Judge Mike Boland, Representative Jim Carnes, one of the finest people I know. Exactly. Uh, I I it just seems bizarre to me how Michael Flynn, who confessed to a felony lying to FBI, uh, was uh, later on pardoned by Trump. 
uh, mm -hmm. that he is now out on this campaign tra or speaking trail, making money, advocating for an overthrow of the government. I know it's just it's disgraceful, and you know I hate it because Jim Carnes and Judge Bowling are such upstanding men. Yeah, that he was actually in involved in that event. Well, Josh, I think this all goes back to the big lie. We had an, a, a Birmingham mm -hmm. man as arrested as part of the Oath Keepers mm -hmm. uh, for. Mm -hmm. Breaking into the Capitol one building of, and one all of four. that. Wasn't huh? it? One of four, well, wasn't it? I, you know, I'll say this. Uh, you know, I'll say this about Carnes and about Bowling. And, and you know, I don't dislike either one of those guys. And, and uh, you know, I know how y'all feel about them. I know how even Doug Jones was very complimentary of their service. But they didn't have to go. No, nothing no. was forcing them to go. No. And, no. and at some point, somebody, if you want to stop this nonsense, somebody's going to take a stand. And somebody's right. going to have to stand up and say this is too much. Well, I think that's good. And we need to see it here in Alabama stand up and say it's just too much. All right, we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Up next, Katie Britt. She's running for U.S. Senate. So you got caught speeding. But this time, you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Your career isn't a job. It's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things. And you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is Katie Britt. She's running for the U.S. Senate to represent Alabama. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to see you in person. It's great to see you, too. <laughs> yes. I, I, in all full disclosure, we are not related, but it wouldn't bother me one bit if we were. That's right. We may be if we, if we do the family tree all the That's way out. That's right. <laughs> and that I am very fond of you, and we're, we're, we're friendly with your family. And so just want our viewers to understand that. Certainly appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, I, I know a lot about your background, but there's a lot of our viewers that do not. You were raised in a small town in the Wiregrass. Yeah. How is that experience of a small town girl now running for Senate, how did that small town shape your values and your views today? Oh, gosh. Um it really is everything about who I am. You know, I'm so proud to be from the Wiregrass. And a lot of that has to do with the kind of people that are from there, um, the character and the values that are instilled in you, those of faith, family, and freedom. You know, that's just integral to daily life and how you're brought up and, and the things that we are trying to do with our children, the Christian conservative values that we're instilling in our children. You know, when you grow up right next to Fort Rucker, you really see day in and day out the sacrifice of our servicemen and women. And you see that that sacrifice is not just from them, but it's from their entire families. 
Um, and then, you know, my parents are two small business owners there in the Wiregrass. And so when you have a family business, you also learn to just roll up your sleeves and jump in. And no matter what you need to do or what, you know, you look at your parents working to make ends meet and working to make sure that they're creating good paying jobs for hardworking Alabamians so that people can um, provide for their families in the community. And so uh, since a young age, you know, I've been a part of that with them. And it really has shaped kind of the way that I view things and the things that I feel like are important. I know that, uh, you, of course, you served as uh, Senator Richard Shelby's chief of staff. Yes. But back here in Alabama, while that was an important position, uh, back here in Alabama, you were the first female president and CEO of the Business Council of Alabama. And I, I know a lot of people at BCA and, and that admire BCA. And one of the things they said is that you really helped reshape it and, and, and make it a better organization than it was. Can you tell us what lessons you learned from that and what you took to BCA yeah. and what you, you were able to accomplish? Well, coming from um, Senator Shelby's office, that gave me, as chief of staff, the opportunity to see the challenges and, and opportunities of our state, across our state, and also figuring out how you can be effective in creating um, change and good things for people across the state. Um, and then, you know, coming into the Business Council, I try to bring that mindset and try to bring the forgotten into the fold. And in that case, it's the small businesses and the rural communities across the state, you know, going back to my wiregrass roots. Sure. Um, and also, too, I felt it was very important to, you know, work together to move the state in a positive direction. And we did that through a multitude of things. Um, one of the things we were most proud of during COVID was keeping Alabama open. You know, knowing that business owners needed the freedom and liberty to keep their doors open, to keep people employed, to keep our economy moving, you know, needing to get children back in school. Of course, putting personal responsibility first and foremost, but then letting people work. And because people in Alabama like the dignity of a hard day's work. Um, also, Bill, you know, coming in and, and right-sizing the ship and balancing that budget, and that's something that I will certainly take with me to D.C. Uh, that they can learn a thing or two from. Right. You know, one of the things that I, I've been thinking about lately is you have a sunny disposition. You are an optimist. You see hope. Right. You remind me so much of when I first heard from Ronald Reagan how it was morning in America. Do you see that it's morning in Alabama? Can you help it be more so? Listen, we have a great state with great people. It's one of the reasons and the reason that I'm doing this is how do we take the good stories that are going across Alabama, tell that story, and then continue to improve that. Um, there are so many things that we can do to make people's lives better, and I want to be a champion for that in Washington, D.C. And so I am not going to just talk about the problems. And let's be real. There are a lot of problems in Washington, D.C. I mean, some of the ones that we are seeing right now is obviously the federal unemployment benefits and the extension of those. And you know, creating people um, kind of the incentive to stay home instead of earn a hard day's, you know, a hard day's right. work. And we could go on for a plethora of things. But when I look at Alabama, um, I want to be a voice, not just from Alabama, but I am going to be the senator for Alabama. I'm going to make sure that we look at things like what we need for workforce development and education, what we need when it comes to broadband, and, you know, how we can make sure that our Christian conservative values are protected but that at every single turn that Alabama has a seat at the table. Well, and I think that's uh, 
I think that's what most Alabamians want if they understand the politics of this, uh, because Senator Shelby has always made sure that Alabama had a seat at the table. The other thing that keeps coming to my mind is, what is your vision for the future? I mean, what do we need to do to make Alabama even better? Gosh, listen, listen to our people. We unfortunately have people that get to DC and for whatever reason become career politicians and start to care more about their own press than they do about their people. We need to listen. I am going to go all across the state want to meet the hardworking Alabamians, listen to what they need, listen to what would make their lives better, and then make sure that we are protecting, you know, their values and their voice and their vote in Washington, D.C. If you were advising your young self. Oh, goodness, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> if you were advising your young self on how to, to build a family, how to build a career, and how to raise children all at the same time, what would you tell young Katie? I would say that relationships matter, and those are built on treating people with dignity and respect. And I feel like if you create those, you can disagree with someone. We can have very different views, but we can get in a room and try to find solutions. You know, unfortunately in DC, we have a lot of people that wanna identify problems and they wanna take a microphone and talk about them continually. I wanna not only identify them, but I wanna create solutions. And I think you do that with relationships, you do that with the way you treat people. Um, and when you treat them with dignity and respect, almost anything is possible. So young Katie, that's be, it. A, be, a, be, a, be a good person. That's right. Never Just take be, people for advantage right. and, and, and also solve keep your, problems. Yes, and keep, <laughs> keep your word, keep your word, yeah. you know? Well. It's been delightful to have you on. I really we, appreciate it. We hope you will come back often. I hope you will allow me to. I want to get around the state and earn the vote of every Alabamian, and I look forward to representing them in the United States Senate. We're going to do great things. All right. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest has been Katie Britt. She's running for the U.S. Senate. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working, you've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Susan, this past week, uh, Governor Kay Ivey held a meeting with uh, Speaker Mac McCutcheon and President Pro Tem uh, Greg Reed, also the two budget chairs, mm -hmm. to discuss the future of prisons. And it, it, from everything we understand from the governor's office and from Senator Reed's office is that the meeting with very well, and that they are looking at how to move. Finally, finally, we've got two leaders in there that are actually willing 
to cooperate in this prison situation. Uh, we, we're under so many directives from the DOJ that we have got to do something. And finally, we've got some people that are willing to look at the problem, come up with creative ideas to try to fix it. Now, the tough part, of course, is going to be selling it to the voters. But I think they can do that. Well, Josh, I mean, this is a serious situation. I know you and I all, and Susan as well, agree that building new prisons is not the solution. It is part mm -hmm. of a solution as far as the governor and many in the legislature see it. Uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't that the, 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 it wasn't a problem with the prisons per se. It, there's just that investors are not interested in investing in prisons. So they're right. going to have to handle the legislative rule, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they will. It would, uh, you know, I, I think that they should probably include uh, some Democratic voices uh, in those mm -hmm. meetings um, uh, from time to time because I think that they're probably going to need some Democrats to go along with this plan. Yeah, and I think absolutely. we saw from gambling what happens when you leave them out when you know you're going to need them. Uh, yeah. uh, but, and not to mention, uh, guys like Chris England uh, who have dealt with this with these issues for a long, long time, um, I think bring a specific kind of knowledge to this thing uh, that you don't have elsewhere from people who have uh, intentionally avoided this issue. Um, and so, uh, listen, I, I think they can, there are ways to do this. Uh, you know, and, and I'll say this, one of the things in talking to England uh, a while back was they talked about Tuttweiler. Um, if there was any prison in this state that you would think would need to be, you know, uh, demolished or torn down, it would be Tutwiler. But the, they said that when they went in and improved Tutwiler several years ago, uh, that they made it such a good facility using only a few hundred, you know, a few tens of millions of dollars or whatever it was that they used on this, far less than what they were going to use to build new prisons. It made it uh, an up-to-date facility. And so his question was, well, couldn't we do that in other prisons? and solve our overcrowding problem in such a manner uh, that it, it left room for us to then still go out and hire enough people and put the programs in place that the DOJ is demanding. Well, the thing is, with Tutwiler, and we've been to Tutwiler as well as two other men cor men's correctional facilities, Tutwiler is the, the, the best of all of them. However, mm -hmm. it does have 40-year-old wiring under it, which is a little bit of a concern. But the, the, what they've done with Tutwiler, from what I can see, and what needs to happen with the men's prisons, I mean, you've got, you know, 300 men in, in a gymnasium, a room the size of a gymnasium. That can't be solved like Tutwiler was solved. That's going to take some different ingenuity. Well, one of the things, too, and I don't mean to diminish it, uh, Tutwell's hellhole. No, it just is. Just like the it rest is. of them are. They're awful. They're inhumane. They're unconstitutional by any standard of the imagination of humans. Uh, but... Men's prisons are just uh, routinely much more violent, and there's much more danger there. But it, the women should not be treated any differently. No, different. they shouldn't, of course. So I, I, I agree with you that there's a way to do it. I, I don't see how you retrofit these things to be anything but uh, a, a place for sheer torture and punishment. But well, uh, yeah, I mean, I just ahead. think that there was, you know, there there were a number of proposals a few years ago that involved using, you know, county facilities and other things uh, that that could possibly be on the table and using kind of a, a, an all encompassing uh, approach to this thing. Because to me, the thing that you need more than anything else in these prisons are more guards and better pay to cut down on this uh, on the drug trafficking that goes on in the in these prisons because the drug trafficking has not slowed down despite the fact that in every single prison during covid you, you cut off all visitors including attorney visits so the only way they're getting in and out of there are through the people that are working at the prisons 
Well, you know, I don't know how you do that. Other, you know, the way the system is set up now, it is just a, a, a terrible situation. And 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 look, we got to have a we got to have a solution. I mean, yeah, people don't believe that the federal government will come down, but eventually they will. I want to mm -hmm. move on though. Uh, I think, and Susan, I have no idea how many special sessions are coming, but if you just look at the sheer volume of things that the legislature must handle uh, mm -hmm. this year before they go back into session. It looks like quite a few special. It looked like three to four special sessions coming. Uh, you've got redistricting, of course. Then you've got the appropriating the American Rescue Plan. You've got prisons and possibly gaming. Yeah. Now, I don't know that they've got enough time to get through all, all four of them, but there's also no way of combining any of them that anybody can see. Well, they definitely have to do redistricting, yeah, right, has to Josh? Happen. And they have to mm -hmm. appropriate the money from the American Rescue mm -hmm. Plan, uh, even though mm -hmm. everybody's against all those billions of dollars they're getting, they're sure spending the heck out of yeah. it, right? Yeah, they're very <laughs> proud of the programs that they're paying for. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a, no. They, yeah, they do. Uh, and and you know, and I think there there are a lot of plans that they have that also make it basically a requirement here to go in and do a gambling uh, special session because mm -hmm. they have so many programs that they want to pay for that, that gambling provides the funding for going forward, uh, you know, kind of legacy type things that they're, they're looking to do uh, in terms of infrastructure and, and broadband and things like that, health care. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, you're right. There could be. And I mean, listen, I think that that's it, you're bordering on uh, territory that really starts to piss off voters. Uh, you know that you can't get things done in a, in your regular session uh, because of whatever you're doing there, and now you've got to come back three or four times and cost so many hundreds of thousands of dollars to do so. Mm -hmm. um, and and you know you, you could have got the gambling done. It was right there if you'd have focused on it and got it done. You could have gotten that thing done. Uh, but, it, you know, and so now to come back and waste this money, it, it seems, uh, you know, uh, well, it, it's you're getting you're bordering on some real problems, I think. Well, I think I see, too, from what I'm hearing is that no one has presented the governor's office with a gambling plan that they all agree upon. So that's mm -hmm. one problem. The other one is as soon as you bring him into a special session. They have to stop fundraising for their campaign. Yes, they do. That's going to not only make voters mad, but that could, not only are voters going to be mad, but lawmakers yeah. could be very mad that they can't be out there raising money. Exactly. And if you're looking yeah. at four special sessions, That's you're, a lot. you're locked up for, for the rest yeah, of the year, buddy. Well, Sorry. You're right, Josh. They should get, you know, my old pappy used to say, make hay while the sun shines. Evidently, they didn't make much hay. But we're going to have to yeah. leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.